Hi guys, welcome back to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak, and I am so psyched for this special Tuesday edition. I have an interview with friends of mine, Kira and Tyler Cook. They're a couple who met on OkCupid. They then got married, and they just had their first baby. At less than a week ago, welcome to the world, Rowan Spencer Cook. Uh, I wish you the happiest life. Um, you have great parents. I love that this interview serves as almost a time capsule of their lives right before they had this baby. We did the interview a few weeks ago. Kira was in her ninth month. Uh, you could just feel the anticipation of their lives about to sh shift in unknown and monumental ways. And I think it's so cool uh, to have this preserved. So enjoy. Guys, I'm here in the adorable Highland Park Casa of Kira and Tyler Cook. Hello. Thank you for Hello. having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. This place is like Mike, the sound guy, and I were like, when you guys were finishing sweeping in the corner or whatever, <laughs> we were like, this is goals. This is like ultimate goals. Goals plus so much dog hair. <laughs> the dog hair is like, bring it on. Yeah. I'll take a couple more batches. You like, know about that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I wanted to have you guys on because you're friends, but uh, you met on OkCupid. We right? did. Yeah. First date on OkCupid. Yeah, each other's. Both of, both of our first dates on OkCupid. Yeah. yeah. We were just like, shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you both like really looking for something serious? or? I wasn't. Um, I, I was not either. Um, I was, we both have kind of... Similar stories, I think. Yeah, it's weird that this ended in marriage because um, my, my, will you go first? Well, yeah, I guess so. When I joined, I was really just looking for a distraction. I, I won. Pussy. I just yeah, <laughs> I really just wanted because my dad had died like two <laughs> two months before, and oh. I was just like, I need to not be here thinking about this. And I was yeah. like, let me just go on dates and meet people. And um, I had been in a really serious relationship before before that, and. Uh, and I was just like, I need a date. I need to go out. I need to meet people. I need to forget about kind of what's going on. And I knew it wasn't like a great time to be in a relationship. Like you shouldn't be getting involved mm -hmm. with somebody when you're going through something like that. But uh, I was just like, well, at least I'll get some buzzy out of it. <laughs> and that did I'm not so happen sorry. at all. <laughs> like, I mean, it. it, I, I, it I, 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 yes, I met you. But I just mean like the the casual side of that just was not, you know. It didn't work out that way. I met Kira, and then I was like, all right, I like this person. Let's see where this goes. And yeah. Now we're here. But you had dated a couple people before you got on OkCupid, like yeah. through work. Through work and through your... friends and that sort of thing, and that just didn't really work out. And a lot, a huge part of that was because I was like, I'd go on a date or whatever, and they were like, what's going on with you? I was like, well, my dad just died. And they were like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. And so, how did you handle that information? Well, it was interesting because I guess he told himself before he went out on the date with me, the, our first date, he was like, "Don't talk about the dead dad." Just not gonna talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> just not gonna come up. Don't mention I'm the dead not dad. Not gonna talk about it at all. Because I get he described it like as he would go on these dates and he'd mention it, and the women would just like, like visibly like shrink back. Um, just not know how to deal with it. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. it's a very big thing and it's a very intimate thing and. You know how do you how do you respond? And I've I deal with that a lot too. And even though I've gone through it, I still have a hard time relating 
with people that have gone through it because it's such a personal individual thing and it you know death is just like a really complex topic yeah and it's you know it's you don't want to be pat and you don't want to be trite and you want to say something that means something to somebody but if you don't have a really strong connection with that person it's very very difficult so i get why it's hard but kira is a person that doesn't have that problem or at least (laughs) Mm -hmm. did it with me when we so i mean you can tell no i don't how did it well we were on the day and you know we were talking about everything and she had asked about my family and i kept being like well my mom does this my mom my mom my mom and my brother and you know whatever Uh and just by error just by omission you had kind of picked up on the fact that i wasn't mentioning my dad Uh and so you asked me you're like well what what about you haven't mentioned your dad? So like, what's what's the story there? And I don't remember. I think I, there was a lingering pause. There was a where lingering you tried pause. Tried to figure out if this would be it's like, how do I the road to pussy or not? <laughs> <laughs> do I? I don't want to bring it up, but she asked, and I guess I should just be honest. And uh, and so I did. I was like, well, he passed away, and. Um, I remember, I mean, this is a, it's a defining moment of the relationship for me. Cause like, I remember, I remember her just going like, just reaching across the table, grabbing my hand and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh. What's, tell me all about it. Like I, 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 that must be so hard for you. And, and we talked about it and I kind of told her the story and, and she told me the story about her losing her grandparents. And we, I, we were sitting there on our first date in the bar, like crying over our, <laughs> Our dead relatives. So sweet. Yeah. And it was just like such the reaction I would have wanted. Um and and especially since I was like refusing to talk about it for so long, it was just really comforting to be like, Oh, I can talk about anything with you and it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, Have someone be so empathetic. Yeah. And yeah, and I think just like because of that, because of his circumstances, like it just immediately began like our relationship off on a foot of it being more serious than it would have been if we just like gotten together and chit chatted over a bar, you know, and like uh-huh. who knows what would have happened. But because yeah. it like immediately kind of ratcheted us to this next level of intimacy, um, I don't know. I just we just felt very close uh, very quickly, so that moved things in a more serious direction. And I continued uh, over the next week to have dates from yeah. OK Cupid. Whereas, he, he was Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was actually actor. I saw a stand-up show. Um, I was meeting him at like nine or 10 or something in a bar. Nine, yeah. I think. Um, but I went to go see um, whatever that show was that was at um, the place with the burgers in Silver Lake. Damn it. Mark Marin and Maria Bamford performed that night. And I remember leaving and being like, got it, got a date, got my first OK Cupid date. <laughs> Um, but I had set up like a Tuesday guy and a Thursday guy of and a course, Friday like guy because I was like right on OkCupid because I got on it because I was dating all these comedians at the time who, um, you know, led to the most disappointing of sure. feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it just was not working out. And it was clear, like I wanted to be in a relationship like or I wanted some I wanted to not feel dicked around all the time, I guess. Something my, wide swath. <laughs> my boyfriends and I wasn't like in that place at at the time but i remember his tinder bio was looking for something substantial and i was like yeah yeah serious or whatever yeah but like something that's like feels weighted in something yeah I don't know. yeah you want somebody 
that's not just a body for the night, you know, like I wanted to have a rapport and to rely on someone and to have somebody that you, you know, I wasn't, I think like this city and our generation, like gets so scared of the idea of like, like locking down. Are you kidding me? Like, what about all the other people I could be whatevering Uh with? But it's like, it is literally just so much better to have somebody to rely on (laughs) and to go and to turn to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was relatively new to L.A. I think I'd been there for a year or two, maybe. Um, so it was also like, you know, there's that first part where you're just like meeting people and uh-huh. feeling lonely. Um, and my friend had fallen like head over heels in Arizona with this guy she met on OkCupid. And she was like, just give it a try. Mm-hmm. Just try. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was before Tinder. So it was like, all right, I'll try. And I remember like at two in the morning setting up my profile and you know, volleying the weirdo messages that you yeah. get. Like, just like some real creepo depots. Just to write yeah. at 2 a.m. they're there for you. Just yeah. Like, boop. It was a sense of immediate gratification because I remember, like, making a profile and being like, whoa, messages already. And it was like, oh, no, these are super creeps. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a little while. Yeah, if they're on at 2 a.m. messaging you. Yeah, and, like, immediately notice a new profile. New profile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time to bounce. Time to bounce. Fresh meat. But saw him on a quick match. He like, which yeah. is, well, I guess, the early Tinder thing, where just like it shows you just a, a limited profile, but a picture, a yeah. couple pictures. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember being like, you know, now yes, yes, no to a bunch of guys. And he came by. And I was like, oh my god, a smile so cute. <laughs> and I was sitting with Miranda, my best friend at the time, who married us. She's there. Oh. Um, and she was like, oh my god, he's cute. And so we pressed yes on that. And then I got an email. It was like at that time, it's like if somebody selected you, you got an email with like 10 or 15 different pictures. And it was like, if you pick the right person that selected you, we'll set you guys up and like introduce you guys. And yeah. I picked her. I mean, I, I, yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. Oh, my God. So it sent you back a quiz? Yeah. No, not a quiz. But yeah, it like, was like, so he got, he got like, I think it's nine women. It's like one of these nine people said that you were cute. If you what? pick the right person, you'll both be That's notified. That's a quiz. Yeah. 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 And so I went through and I I think she was the only person I found interesting in that yeah. in all of the nine women and I and I was like, "All right, cool." But like I was very attuned to the idea of like the creep factor. So like I was extremely careful about like not being a creep. And <laughs> to the point where I think even you had told me this later is like if he doesn't ask me out like soon, I am just mm-hmm. done with this yeah, guy. Yeah, because he took like a week to message me because it was like you both get an email being like, you both picked each other. Mm-hmm. Now someone needs to write an email. And I wasn't about to do that. And so he... <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, play it cool. Yeah, he's like, play it cool. So we waited like a week. And then there's like, you know, an array of messages. And after a certain point, it's like, listen, I'm we're not pen pals. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want to get to know you over a letter. Yeah. Like, I'd love to make out in person and <laughs> see what else is happening. <laughs> yeah. But I finally did ask you out. Yeah. And... Uh... Well, I let it go to voicemail first because I had a, a situation a long time ago before... <laughs> Before all this, where I was on, like, it was like a Craigslist thing or whatever, you know, before even OkCupid. Oh, my God. I know. Online dating pioneer. Yeah, total, total. (laughs) You know, testing the waters. This is right when I moved to L.A. I have horrible stories from Craigslist. (laughs) I mean, obviously. Oh, my God. (laughs) But... This one guy, it was like incredible letters back and forth, incredible emails, like just he was so smart and we were Google chatting and whatever. And then we, I had a phone, we were like, let's talk on the phone. And he called and it was a lady's voice. 
not a real lady, but like a man lady voice. Like, just like, I was like, I could never, I could never be in love with this voice. Sure. <laughs> no, there, yeah, there's that on Tinder too, where you like, look at pictures and then yeah. you meet someone and you're like, how does these things go together? Yeah, like, yeah. And you just don't know until you like put the whole package mm-hmm. together, not to resort us to gifts or anything but like um you know i'm glad i had the phone call first because it would have been like in person i i don't think i would have been able to keep a straight face i'm pretty sure there's a seinfeld with that with a lady voice but excuse me i need to leave yeah yeah yikes um anyway so i let him go to voicemail the first time he called because i was like gotta check if this is another lady voice situation (laughs) because everything is too good so far past the lady voice (laughs) right you can all hear this is a man's voice Okay. Yes, okay. you can. This is the voice she's looking for. You can yeah. feel confident. One man's, man's lady's voice, voice maybe. <laughs> that is true. That's true. That's true. No, no, no. You're keeping it real with voice. Um, yeah. So, so the phone call was good. And then you guys went great. out shortly after. Got drinks. Yeah, closed down the Griffin. Yeah, I mean, that was our kind of, I mean, that's also a, a, was a sign of like, okay, this is a good relationship. It's like we would meet up every date for the first, I mean, for the first five or six dates before there was there's another part of the story which get to a second where Kara left for Turkey for a month but right at the beginning which was like a really interesting part of our relationship but we would just get together at like you know eight o'clock at a restaurant or whatever and then they'd be like excuse us we're like actually closing this place can you leave like we want to go home yeah and we just found ourselves doing that all the time where it it just you know the hours would disappear and we could just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and and, and, i mean i think that's kind of like a huge healthy sign that like you're interested in this person and you know you're not going to run out of things to say and yeah um and it was not like that with the tuesday wednesday thursday guys (laughs) at all but was it like your first date? Did you make out? Did you make out at the fir- on the first date? Yeah, yeah. He walked. He walked me to my car. Then I walked into his car because my car was further away. Yeah, because we didn't want to say goodnight yet. And and then he was like, "Well, I'll give you a ride back to your car." And then in his car, he was like, "He said something kind of rapey." But oh, he was, it was like, very rapey. <laughs> I don't know how I got away with that. It was so weird. It he was, was like. I mean, it's just because he's so like sweet and it's like, like if, if if yeah, it could have been on another it's, guy. It would have been. Oh my god! It was so. I, so we made out. Okay, we made out in the car for I don't know half an hour or something. I mean, yeah. it was a while. And then I drove her to her car. And then before she got out, I was like, I was like, you can't get out of the car until you promise me to uh, for a second date. And you promise to go on a second date with me. Yeah. And. While reaching over and holding down the lock. No, that's no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not a real threat because I drive a Honda Civic that has manual locks. So, like, this would not have even been. But, it, yeah, it's like, it was, I, mean, I was like, oh, shit, I should have said that. But um, but secretly you were proud of yourself. But at it. the same time, I was like, I'm very, very interested in you and I want to go on a second date with you. Yeah. I want to make that as, as clear as possible. possible. By threatening you. <laughs> you have a choice in this, but very little. Yeah, <laughs> very little. You are good. And it's, it's such a weird threat, too. It's like, okay, then yes, I will go on a second date, get out of my car. Get out, and then it's like, yeah. I'm never going to call that person again. <laughs> no, but it was said It was said with a sweetness. And it I was, was like, agreed. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like the next night I went out with somebody else. And he quickly, early on in the conversation, said he hated Six Feet Under. And I remember oh. texting my roommate and being like, <laughs> get me the fuck out of here like like that's a deal breaker for sure i mean there are many other deal breakers yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah every other guy was just kind of like i, I was like oh yeah monday guy was great but who knows what tuesday wednesday guy right, will right, be right. and none of them were you know there's none of the rapport and it was obviously like all the other people were looking for just somebody to like 
whatever, like chit chat, get drunk with, and then maybe hook up with. And it just didn't feel yeah. like we we're going anywhere. And I'm just not, I'm not good at that. I've never been good at that. I'm not good at uh, light conversation. Mm-mm. I like to get to the heart of it real quick with ev- just friends and anybody. And I'm not good at the whole like, I don't know, just like seeing a bunch of people and not caring about any of them too much. (laughs) No, I totally get that. That was kind of my, we can, we were like sort of seeing other people for a minute at the very beginning, but it it is like when that's the yardstick you measure everyone by and you're like, oh, but still thinking about the the yardstick. Like it's like, you know, then you should just maybe be with that person. Yeah. How long did it take you guys for you to establish a exclusivity? Uh, Like... A month, a little over a month. Yeah. It wasn't, like, a ton of other dating. It was, like, also just busy with work stuff. And, like, we were both kind of starting projects and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was, like, oh, that's the person that I have the most fun with. And it's easy. Yeah. And I think sometimes you question easy. Yeah. Yes. When really that's the best it should shit. Be. Yeah, it should it's be. the that best is shit. The yeah. Best shit. Totally. I mean, so now now that I've like now that I had that with Tyler, it's like my girlfriends would come and complain so much and like the bottom line to all the complaints is always like, It's not easy, then you got you should kinda walk away. Because yeah. it really just shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, it really shouldn't. Yeah. I've had that conversation with many dudes too where it's like why is it like this and this like because it's not right yeah like, yeah because yeah. like both you guys aren't totally gung-ho yeah like yeah like, or whatever yes. yeah. yeah yeah so many different factors but like it's just the bottom line is it's gonna be if it's hard now it's only gonna get so much worse later uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. be aware of that and like if that's but some people fucking love live for that I, I mean, I have friends that truly do, the like, they, they love it, yeah. And so that's the kind of person they go for over and over. And Ooh. it's also just, like, it's not even drama. It's just, like, you like a person or you find them attractive or right. whatever. And so, like, you're willing you, to overlook. And and you keep hearing over and over that, like, well, marriage is hard and relationships are hard. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true, but it doesn't mean that the rapport should be hard or the whatever. Like, like you run into hard situations all the time, but the thing that makes it work is your ability to work through it together and deal yeah. and communicate and like tackle these issues as they come up. Cause it's really like relationships aren't hard. Life is hard. And so how you guys work right. through those things is the important part. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was in, so before I met here, I was in a really long-term relationship and we had actually gotten engaged and I just, was like it was the same sort of thing where it's like this is just a struggle and a grind and like mm-hmm. you're just like but I, you know I love this person and I care deeply about her but at the end of the day it just we weren't a good match and it just like that there were going to be some things that were never going to change that were mm-hmm. always going to be in the way mm-hmm. and as much as you care about that other person at a certain point you have to realize like it's just not tenable and it stops being fun yeah yeah and then then that like shines a light on how hard it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what's the turkey story? Oh, right. So like two weeks after, or three weeks after we started dating, I, um, my mom's a filmmaker and she was doing a documentary on the uh, Hizmet movement, which is a Muslim sect that basically they go into war zones and help. Like their, their oh, whole wow. thing is about like, um, uh, philanthropic missions so 
like when Bosnia was being blown up, people are running through tunnels to get out of it. Mm -hmm. They were going into Sarajevo with $200, you know, in their pocket or whatever, just to open up schools for all the kids that were left there. So, like, it's this really amazing movement. And they wanted to hire a non-Muslim to do it so that it was not like a, you know, a press thing mm -hmm. or a publicity thing. Like, they, mm -hmm. so they hired this white Western woman who, uh, my mom, to direct it and produce this documentary about about them. So that, like, because right now Muslims are in the worst PR crisis they could possibly yeah. be in. Um, and so they wanted to, like, get the name out there of, like, there are Muslims doing really good work around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and they are an, it's an international movement. It's actually led by the guy, Fatullah Gulan, who um, Erdogan, the current Turkish president, wants to have assassinated and killed. He's blaming oh. him for the recent coup. Um, but this guy is like an aging old Muslim guy who lives in Philadelphia or somewhere in Pennsylvania, like on the outskirts. And he's protected by – he lives in America now. Uh -huh. um, so he's protected because Obama's protected him for years. But anyway, they're very worried that Trump is going to give him up to Erdogan and blah, oh, blah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's very intense now. But at the time, this was years ago where none of this was even a blip. Um, so – I was assisting her. I was going to be her PA. So uh -huh. uh, she was taking me with her to Turkey and we were there for three weeks. I think it was a, yeah. it was a long ass trip and we were taking like three flights a day. It was, it was not, I was like, sweet. I get to go see Turkey and, you know, be a PA, but you know, like chill. We're really working. Yeah. I was really working. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So we were at this like new relationship and it was going so well. And I mean, in that three weeks we probably went on like eight dates or like hung out a lot. A lot yeah. Um, and, and we, you know, it was getting, serious or mm -hmm. semi-serious for sure um and then it's like all right i'm just gonna peace out for a month yeah. this is cool right like full butterflies you're like <laughs> okay yeah. I guess, uh, sure yeah um and it, it was a big question we're like well i mean what's this gonna do for the relationship is it gonna stall things is it going to i mean you know i mean we were kind of both in this place of like well we're just gonna gonna have fun and see where this goes and not really yeah. like Keep like, in touch while I'm gone. Kind of thing. How did you, did you talk? <laughs> yeah, it ended up being like, we were, we wrote each other like three page letter emails every night. Like I couldn't wait to get back to the hotel every night because I knew I'd have a long ass email from him. And then I'd spend, you know, I'd stay up till the wee hours writing him back. And the, I <laughs> yeah, that. it was great. And I remember every day the DP would be like, he was this, this dick dude. But anyway, he was like. <laughs> Oh, your boyfriend, blah, blah, or whatever. And I kept being like, he's not my boy. Like, he's not. We just started dating. Like, this is very new. But he's like, you're running back to your hotel room to check your email. Like, you're so excited, you know, because it was before I had an iPhone or whatever. So I was like, please, like, let there be an email when I get back to the hotel. And uh, there always was. And we just, like, learned so much about each other by writing these letters. It yeah. was really romantic. Yeah, and I think in that form, it's like you are forced to be more intimate and open. Because, like... I mean, you can't uh, just fluff, put fluff in the yeah, three things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, so yeah, there was, a, I mean, it was, it was funny because I feel like it was, a, I think it did a, like so much more good for us than if you had stayed. Cause yeah. like, I think you, you, that just allowed us to really like, really get in and get to know each other mm -hmm. in a very, very. While also like having the remove of being like, do I like this person enough to miss him really? And yeah. I, I did and he did. So that like. It was it was super old timey like way of getting to it know is. each other, which was pretty it's like wonderful. Word yeah. letters or something. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was sharing the, a room, a hotel room with this horrible girl, because whatever it was like an interfaith trip. So there was people of every religion, and we uh -huh. interviewed them in every city. And she was such a brat, um, but <laughs> it's like 
Just this odd situation of going back to this like hotel room every night with this total stranger who was such a spoiled brat. Literally stole rocks from archaeological sites that no. we visited. Oh yeah, we got we were, we were we went to one of the oldest like sites of humanity in the world where this guy like discovered this whole civilization underground a couple years ago, and so it was this archaeological dig site. And we were warned like, please do not remove. And, and no it's shit. like, of course, of course. But we get on the bus. And this has nothing to do with us, but yeah. whatever. Anyway, um, we get on the bus, and I just think it's so funny. And the one of the like guys who was leading the dig came on the bus and was like, "I'm not going to say who. We know somebody <laughs> took some rocks from the site. Please, you don't have to say who you are. Please just return them. Like if you could all get off the bus and whoever it was, you know, return them or whatever." And we're all looking around like, who the fuck would do that? (laughs) Of course, I knew because I was sitting next to her because I sat next to her every night and slept with her every night. Uh, Old dusty hands. (laughs) Dusty hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Who ate the donut? Yeah, who ate the donut? Exactly. Pretty clear. Um, And, you know, it's silent on the bus and nobody's moving. And finally, he like looked right at her. He's like, please give back, you know, please, whatever. Oh. She opens the bus window and throws them out the window. No. And she's like, ugh, here. It's not like it even matters anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you fucking for real. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was rooming with every night while writing she's these letters. She's an official spoiled <laughs> So I just looked like... so much better by comparison. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because of her. Thanks. We're together now. But um, yeah, it was like an intense, it was an intense long three weeks. And then it was just on when you got back. On. On, I had yeah. one last okay keep a date. Did you? Wow, what? I didn't know about that. Yes, you I'm did. Just we finding... had a fight about it. <laughs> did we? Yeah, because uh, I was like, we're not. Ex- we no, no, no. Ex- that was before you left. No, it was right after. Oh man. Anyway, yeah, there was this one <laughs> moment where I mean, again, things were like heading in a really serious direction, and like it had crossed over at a certain point. And, like, I don't even know if we had had sex at that point or not. I think we had. We and, had yeah. and you just, you're like, I think we had just had sex. And we were just sitting there calling. And she's like, so, <laughs> we're nice. seeing other people, right? Yeah. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, no. Do you want to? <laughs> Do you want to? What's going on right now? Yeah. And then you told me, like, well, I had all these dates still set up. So, this was the last one. And, yeah. It sucked um, anyway. Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, I mean, of course it did, but it was just like you know, in the back of my mind. I don't know. I just not that I felt pressure, but like you know, you you get on these, mm-hmm. you got on the site, and it's sort of like, well, you don't know. Like maybe somebody, maybe it'll be an even more incredible rapport, which mm-hmm. was stupid because it was already so easy. But you know, you just it was that thing where it's just like I don't know. I I've I'm single. I should try all the things, right? And it just kind of matters what stage you're in. Like, yeah. I don't know. I would still, like, kind of in my head getting over someone else that I'd, like, Mm. casually dated but was, like, pretty into. So I wasn't even necessarily, like, thinking at the beginning of dating my boyfriend, like, oh, this is going to be the guy. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to look for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, like, getting your headspace into, you know. Totally. Yeah. That is. I mean, it's... yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing, and that's the weird thing about our story, in a sense, because like we both were like, we don't want anything serious, and of course, when you let that the down, the moment you say that, yeah. it, it's just like there it is, and you have to make that decision, and then you know, yeah, and here we are expecting a child. Yeah, <laughs> well, so couldn't what's have gotten the more rest serious. of the timeline though. Oh, so yeah, so she got well, yeah, so when she got back from Turkey, I, I just had planned this like, you know 
pull out all the stops epic oh, day yeah and i was like you're back i'm stealing this shit down yeah yeah <laughs> and but even then I, yeah like i think that did happen right around that time and you had just made it clear like i am just now getting back into dating and so i don't want to like be exclusive and i was like i honestly i really don't want that either even though i really like you and i want to just keep seeing you so we just had dated we just dated for like probably another month and it just became very clear that like, like this wasn't this is this is it <laughs> it was and, like we were saying we wanted to be casual but that wasn't any of our actions yeah. i was staying over there almost every night i didn't see my roommate anymore um i got a job at his work yeah <laughs> that was later but super uh, casual yeah, super, super cash but um but she had made it explicit just like don't ask me to be your girlfriend like please like let's just not do that and so I just did. I just stopped like putting any of that out there, and she had to ask me like, should, yeah. should we be exclusive? I didn't say it like that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> with, I asked him to be my boyfriend. To your face. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, yeah. that's how she does. Get it. real. I asked him to be my boyfriend over uh, at Apple Pan over burgers and pie, um, and I think it was he was not expecting it because I made it so I made all a fuss about how I didn't want to be exclusive. But then once I realized he was backing off, I was like, never mind. I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, because like even when we when we first started dating, she's like, I don't want kids, I don't want to get married, and I don't want to ex- be exclusive. And here we are. <laughs> Booyah. But in, uh, and that's how it happened. Like for everything, it's like then after we started dating, she woke up one morning. It's like I had a dream we were married, and and then <laughs> I remember that. Oh yeah, you were like I had this great dream that we got married and it was wonderful. And I was like, wait, so now you do want to get married? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> were I, you already thinking in that direction? Um, because like yes. our fantasies are big, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You just automatically jump ahead. I think. Yeah, you do, and I, I. I definitely wanted mar- I wanted kids and I wanted to get mm-hmm. married. So it was a big part of my thinking, but um I had just been engaged, so I was like very that was very far away from me. Like I didn't want to go down the road until I was absolutely sure that like this time it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean of course like I was you know I think you're thinking about like could this be a person I could see myself with forever and the answer was yes at that point for sure, but I don't think I was thinking like I want to marry this woman right now, you know. But yeah, it's so funny. Like you were the one so staunchly against all of it, and you have led the charge on every <laughs> single one of those issues. I know. I I really wonder if it is that dumb thing where it's like if somebody shows you that that they're not super into it, that you're that then it's like you're clawing at the walls for it. Like once I once I like you kind of articulated like I'm not going to get into getting engaged again unless I know for sure it was like okay you already don't know that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not for sure already about me I will make sure you're sure <laughs> yeah but no I mean there's this I, there's this part of you uh, there's this part of you like when you get engaged and then it doesn't work out where you start to question your like am I do I make the right choices for myself mm. like uh-huh. am is my is my read on these situations correct? Uh-huh. And uh, and so you kind of have to really kind of go through this questioning of yourself and like your own reality. It's it, 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 I went through a, a phase of going like, I know I like this person and I know this is right and I know I want to get married to this person, but like... What, like I didn't see something before. before. Yeah. Am, am I not seeing the same thing before like, yeah. that I missed? Yeah. yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So, I mean, but like none of the crazy problems that you guys had. Oh, not, were, not even at all. Yeah, yeah. not even a, a hint of it. So just like, the questioning of yourself, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's your. It's exactly. It's exactly that. It's your own. Like the way you filter the reality of the world. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, I just I just wanted to like, I guess put it put myself through the process of making sure that I was doing my due diligence and you know yeah, and I just like I watched my parents you know really fall out of love and get divorced and that was a very it's a painful thing to watch that as you're like an adolescent because um, mm-hmm. it wasn't early and. I think I just was really like trying to protect myself, but like I truly felt like if I get married, it'll be when I'm in my 40s after mm-hmm. I've done my career mm-hmm. and I've traveled the world and I've been with a who knows how many different kinds of, you know, amazing different affairs. And mm-hmm. that was just really my idea that I had for myself. And then it's like, well, you meet somebody so wonderful, like th- that, that stuff gets turned on its head. Um, and the things that you think that you were so staunchly against is something that actually like you dream about you begin literally dreaming about and can't stop thinking about so how old yeah. were you when you got married um i was 30 29 yeah. 30. 30 30 30 yeah 10 years ahead of schedule yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah way ahead so In my it, fertile years <laughs> and then you guys have been married for how long before you before got, baby is coming got baby um, we just had our two year anniversary last week yeah so. oh and the baby's coming in any minute now yeah. not two weeks <laughs> seriously two weeks any minute yeah literally any minute yeah. yeah I walked through a puddle of water in the house a mystery puddle of water the other day I was like did my water break am I in labor I don't know <laughs> it could be happening at any time I tried to blame the dogs but it was clear so I don't know what happened I was driving over here and I was like I should have emailed her before <laughs> I just are they there no yeah. luckily yes yeah. hey guys I interrupt this delightful interview because I want to turn you on to one of my very favorite things and that's the Lola tampon subscription service seriously it makes every month so much easier here's what's so great about it first of all the company was founded by women for women perfect Their tampons are 100% cotton with BPA-free plastic applicators. Shout out to not inserting weird chemicals into your body. The subscription is legit the best. It's fully customizable, it's super flexible, you can change, skip, or cancel at any time. Most of the time, you don't even have to think about it. Plus, they now offer pads, liners, and non-applicator tampons. Basically, I love Lola tampons, and you're going to too. So for 60% off your first order, visit mylola.com and enter Bites with a Y when you subscribe. That's M-Y-L-O-L-A.com, promo code B-Y-T-E-S. Come on, let yourself fall in love with Lola. They will never hurt you. And now back to Kira and Tyler. But yeah, um, we, I pretty much like, like, he wanted to be married for longer, but I was like, just feeling that fertile vibe. Yeah. Just really just feeling, even before we got married, just being like, I, I, this is something I never really wanted, but now I, every baby, it's just, it is so clearly a biological drive that I felt like I had no control over. (laughs) Interesting. I need, we need to have a baby. Like I have to, we have to. You, like the switch? Like yeah. you didn't feel that way before? No. I and never then, really wanted kids. Uh, I'm in that place right now and I'm yeah. like, I, I told my boyfriend, I was like, I feel like no right now, but I feel like at any moment it could change. Yeah, and I it will. will. No it can. Idea. How old yeah. are you again? Uh, 33. Yeah. I mean, it happened at like, I don't know, 31. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, it was not a conscious thing. I've never been a girl that fantasized about her wedding. I never mm-hmm. fantasized about having babies or kids. 
I was an only child, so it's not like I grew up like with like a house full of children and a f- big family, and that's what I see for myself. I've always been like, oh, they have maybe one kid, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then it just, uh, it's like something's on. Something happened inside of me. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I, I like I said, I've, I've always wanted kids, but like from my thing in waiting was just like, clearly this is going to change our you know, life in a big yeah. way. And, but like LA has this very weird thing about making you feel like an infant, uh, like mm-hmm. all the time. It's so <laughs> hard to like get like to a place like in, you know, if I was still in Ohio, I could have owned a house like oh, five yeah. years ago. Oh, and yeah. you know, all of the like things that you think of like adults do and like, you know, that's so delayed here because mm-hmm. of how expensive everything is. Yeah. So like for me, it's like, well, I don't even like, we can't, can we take care of ourselves right now? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we could, I was being very careful, but you know, it, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like there's just this idea. I had this idea of like, well, I want to hit these milestones before we start to try. But, um, but yeah, that was being, you know, I'm the, I'm the very careful one. She's a, like, well, let's just do whatever. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, totally. And then we meet in the middle and everything's great. <laughs> You're but. so irritating about money. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tight? I'm not tight. I'm very, I just question everything. Very conservative. Conservative. Yeah. That's... It's gotta be a long conversation about sure, everything. Sure. Well, I and everything is like just a worry instead of just being like, yeah, let's go for it. Well, it's just also working in the entertainment industry. It's like yeah. you go through these periods where you're not working it's for feast months. Or famine. Yeah. yeah. And so I you're like, that. you kind of, I have been, I'm definitely like, I want to store away enough just to cover it just in case like we have to go three months without working. Or oh, yeah. It's totally smart. Whatever. I'm just an idiot about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally we're just feel like, that. Let's go to Paris. Yeah. Like, but... Oh, the answer is always yes. The answer is yeah. always but yes. It but... is always yes, right? <laughs> Thank is. you. But and we are going in September. <laughs> Ooh. But through no, you know, lack of you know, really conversation. irritating conversations about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're going. I'm. I host this. I probably yeah. You know this, but I host a travel show for PBS, and the next episode we're shooting is in Venice. Um, Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, it was in Burano, Murano, right off of Venice, and so we're shooting there for a week, and we're bringing the baby. Tyler's going to be the PA, and it's in the summertime, so he's on hiatus. And um, we're bringing his mom as the nanny, and then we're gonna go to Paris for like five days because he's never been to Paris. It's like oh, we gotta, yeah, gotta so we're gonna good. be right there. You have to, yeah, you have to. And plus, it's like you're, it's like you both get a push present. Or exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay, he didn't know what that was, and I just told him about that the other night. Did I give you another present. Please describe. <laughs> <laughs> it is not the push present. For so me. sorry. No, no, no. This is. The joint one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for validating that. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about yeah. what's the pregnancy experience. Like, is it different than you thought it was going to be? Yes, 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 yes. We were I mean, saying before, like, you're, you just had carte blanche to just eat whatever <laughs> yeah, you want. Yeah, um, I started making a list of pros and cons of, the, of pregnancy, and the pros list is <laughs> probably two things on it. <laughs> the cons list is... A mile long, um, which I was not expecting. My, you know, my mom 
swayed me into this false idea of uh, complacency with how this pregnancy was going to be. She was like, you were, oh my God, I can't wait to have a baby. You were so easy as a baby, first of all, that she's like, and the pregnancy, I never had morning sickness with you. I just felt great. I mean, she gained so, 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 so much because she, whatever, that's another story. But anyway, she gained 65 pounds with me. But other than that, she like, Rosie. yeah, well, she was bulimic before she, sure. So it was, it was she had stuff to gain yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, basically like she kept eating as a bulimic throughout the entire pregnancy, <laughs> but not purging. So oh god, dangerous. Um, but basically like she was just like, it's going to be wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of the only idea I had because I don't have friends that are pregnant uh-huh. because we are infants in Los Angeles with a bunch of infant friends who, you know, we're not at the level of like all the people that I went to high school with in Chicago who are already raising their like on their third kid or whatever. Second no, kid. No, seriously, you would be like. Uh, kind of a late mother in the totally. Midwest. And here yeah. you're like a trailblazer. Yeah, like, complete what? trailblazer. Yeah. I mean, seriously, all my friends are like, this is just around the river bend. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I um, didn't know what it was going to be like. I had no idea what to expect. And it was uh, not enjoyable um, at all, except for eating anything I wanted to eat <laughs> and having everybody be super nice to you, which uh-huh. is awesome. I feel like everybody talks to me the way I talk to everybody, which is like, with um, no sense of, uh, I don't know, just like I'm, I'm really friendly to strangers. Yeah. And that's off-putting a lot of times I see in other people <laughs> when I approach them the way I do. But it's like, whatever, it's just who I am. I keep doing it. Right. But now it's like even the surliest. I'm getting that back. Postal workers. I mean, who literally in line are like, next, next, next to everybody. And then I get up and she's like, well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this crazy switch. It's bonkers. It's really bonkers. I mean, and like. I go swimming at the Pasadena Rose Bowl every day or every other day. And, like, it's all geriatrics, which is my ideal demographic. Love and it. they're all so sweet to me. It's crazy. If somebody pointed out, was it? I don't remember who it was, but somebody was like, it's probably because they're on the cusp of death. And you <laughs> Oh, I think that was me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're so close to death, yeah. you value life. In you such value a- life, yeah. And they just look at my belly with wonder and just, like, say the cutest fucking shit. So that's been really lovely, like to have just to have the world open up to me a little Mm -hmm. bit in a way that is not people don't do people don't do when you're not full of life, literally. But other than that, I mean, the first trimester was horrific, truly, truly terrible. Like sickness. Unreal levels. I, I, I know of morning sickness. We all know morning sickness, quote unquote. Right. And I knew that it wouldn't just be in the morning because that's like whatever. Right. We see that in movies. But I did not know that I would feel like I was on the worst ship uh, storm oh, from God. the moment I woke up until the moment I went to sleep. Like it doesn't end. There's no relief. And I, I'm not a puker. I didn't vomit at all. I haven't thrown up in like 12 years. My body just won't do it. Uh-huh. So there's no relief. It was just feeling horrible all Ooh. day. Um, plus a myriad other, you know, awful symptoms. So, and there's no relief. There's just nothing. It, that's the whole other thing. It's like when you're pregnant, you can't do any of the things that you do to self-soothe mm-hmm. when you're an adult Gla- in the world. Have a glass of wine. Have a glass of wine. Nauseated, no problem. Smoke a joint. Right. Um, you know, drink a cup of coffee if you have a headache. Whatever. Anything. Like uh-huh. nothing that I would just do or do really hard exercise. I had to stop doing that. Uh-huh. It's like... That, that was something that used to make me feel really good. And I just stopped that a couple months in because it's just like you, you're, the weight in the middle of your body can't support it. And you get fucking tired. I had to nap every day. Like I uh-huh. never nap. Just like crazy and crying all the time. Like just really? so sad, so hormonal. Tyler came home one day and I was just sobbing. And he was like, What's, what happened? You know, it's like 
I don't know. I just am so sad. I feel horrible. And I feel, I also feel like you think that I'm making it up. <laughs> and, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, he's like, I don't. I don't feel that way. I was like, I'm pretty sure you do. Now I'm also very mad at you. <laughs> and I'm miserable. I am miserable. I have uh, two coworkers are pregnant at work. And I was, I was talking to one of them. And she's like, do you, are you at the point where like, your wife just accuses you of things. And I was like, no, not yet. And she's like, okay, that's where I am right now. And then I immediately get home and Kira's like, what is this? Why do you hate me? And I was like, what? No, I don't. Like, I can tell. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. It was weird and brutal and hormonal. It was just a crazy fucking feeling time. And I did it. My best friend was pregnant. She was four months ahead of me so like uh, luckily i for every stage i she had just passed that stage so like i was able to call her and be like did you have this and she'd be like oh yes amazing. and i understand and it's okay and it's normal and anything you google when you're pregnant any weird bullshit is like yep it's because you're pregnant like uh-huh. literally anything you could think of it's like weird effect. top of butt pain like weird top of butt pain pregnant like the like super lower back like it yep that's because you're pregnant or uh. like Weird. I don't even know what the hell else. Yeah. I mean, I've Googled a million. I should have kept a track. Things, yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the things, too, is like when you talk to like our moms or whoever, it's like well, after you have the baby, it releases so many hormones and things that it makes you enjoy the process. Like your last experience with it is joy. Yeah. So like it, you do like people forget. Like when I talk to my mom, it's like, oh, it was wonderful. It was so great. And it's because they don't have, like, you forget. Yeah, yeah. and also there's 30 years in between the exactly. experience. And they have this, like, magical angel boy to look look upon and be like, of course it was wonderful. It led yeah. to you. Yeah. Totally. But, yeah, in the moment, it's, I don't mean to turn anybody off to this process, but <laughs> literally adopt. <laughs> and I wanted to adopt because I wanted to avoid labor. That's the thing that I'm most afraid of yeah. that I've ever feared. Oh, my God, the only let's talk thing. about this. Yeah. So I saw your Facebook post the other day where you were, like, um, describing contra- the article that described contractions. Yeah. What was the thing that you pulled out? Like, stabbing? Stabbing a mortal and pestle, stabbing um, in your stomach, um, and then the teeth come. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the teeth come. Yeah, and then come the teeth. So, yeah, I mean, and there's 18 of those, like, horrific descriptions from different women about what it feel, feels like. And that's what's also crazy is this thing is around the bend, and I don't know what it's going to feel like. like it so that's is why every different day I'm like, for... is this, is, what, is it starting, you know? Yeah, and it's different for everybody. And right. People describe it differently. And there are women who have, like, great, you know, orgasmic. peaceful. Yeah, women, yeah or, literally. literally get off yeah, doing it. Yeah, yeah, we had to watch the orgasmic birth documentary for a child birthing class, which is a horrible documentary but um, <laughs> horribly made rather um but yeah some women are just like mm. <gasps> and then like, and then they like reach down and catch their ba- and, and then you hear the midwife like catch your baby and it's like mm, and like catches the baby it's like and you're watching it it's a video oh my it's God. not being made up but yeah. it's like that is not gonna fucking be me <laughs> i just know it just know it i know yeah i'm just not that way no I don't. <laughs> yeah i'm not good with not pain. a fairy child i'm not no. good with pain I just got in an accident. Somebody rear-ended me on the freeway. I had to spend the night at the hospital um, just to make sure that my baby was all right. They wanted to test me all night. And, like, they had to just, they had to put a needle in my hand and connect me to the thing. And she's, like, she's like grabbing my hand and be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's like it's just, just a needle it's fine no it's like it's really just not okay it's not fine at all <laughs> oh fuck this is so relatable for me right yes now. you're very afraid of it oh yeah 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 and like um i, sh- I but postpartum depression scares the shit out of me like uh. i just feel like with my constitution like <laughs> I, I'm the first, I, like, I'm a candidate for first that. To go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First to go. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And it is, ran- like, some women are just fine. They, like, yeah, totally random. are, like, right back at work and, like, not that that's, like, a marker that you have to hit, but, you know, they feel like yeah. that is good for them in that moment. And yeah. I just feel like I'd tap out for two years and just be like, see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm mostly worried. It's like one step at a time. I'm first worried about the delivery and then uh-huh. I'll be worried about keeping That's this good. baby alive. I'm not really worried about postpartum depression because uh, I'm not, my constitution is not inclined that way. Yeah. However, yeah. that's maybe why I should be afraid of it is because it, it does strike at random. You never, you never know. Um, but I think a lot of that is like having a good support system around uh-huh. you, uh-huh. Um, you know, and feeling like I, I'm just very aware that like I'm, I'm a freelance writer and actor so I my life is already kind of like very fluid yes yes um but I might hate being at home with the baby every day like that I might be bored to hell or I might love it I'm not sure um but I'm trying to make Tyler aware of like I might hate it and then we need to come up with another game plan because like because it shouldn't be all on me that is the Mm -hmm. way it's just Mm -hmm. sort of set up culturally um and financially it is outrageous that like if I go if I even like go get another type of career or whatever if I go to work all all of one of our payments will be going to just yeah having the baby somewhere else <laughs> um so I don't know where it's it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with it but um I think a lot of that is like people feel postpartum depression because they feel stuck at home yeah doing nothing but looking after this baby and yeah. we're not in the 19th century frontier anymore and <laughs> It's not how we're built and it's not how our lives have been. Totally. But I do think, yeah, like having uh, proactive discussions about that and like being like, I have to go to this workout class when you get home from work or I'm going to, you will be so happy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We've talked about that. We want to talk about like what our life is going to look like and how it's going to be structured so that there is a, some, some level of parity or as much as one can have when, you know. I go to work and work for 10 hours and come home. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because yeah, it is this sort of life alter in such a huge way, life altering that you really have to like talk about like every possible scenario Uh and what that means and how it's going to work. And, and then when you have the baby, it's just like, you just have to react. I mean, that's the thing that we kept one part of our childbirth class was like, you know, list all the potential problems you see coming from this and then come up with solutions. And like all of our solutions were like, well, we're just, we're going to have to wait and see. Like, you know, it's, (laughs) it's just, you just don't know what the right answer is going to be until you're kind of faced with the problem. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. I think this whole experience, I'm definitely, as we've talked about already, like a planner and you know, this, and it has to be like that and, and kind of trying to, control the situation as much as possible and i realize that i just have to completely give that up like oh, yeah. it's going to be the baby kind of dictating what 
what needs to happen and how things need to go and those will answer our questions more than anything yeah might be a good baby might sleep a lot might be easy might be a terror baby might cry nonstop. might have acid reflux might whatever Uh sleep is my big thing like i love to sleep yeah i'm so (laughs) dreading that not being a part of my life (laughs) it's gonna be a rude awakening for this guy (laughs) i think that's when those conversations like your compatibility really comes into play. Yeah. I I don't know if I could feel comfortable living with that because you got to go to bed and wake up the next day knowing like, that's how, that's how that person talks to me. Yeah. When they're feeling emotional uh, or a heightened state of anxiety or whatever it is. And that's not an easy thing to live with is like, Uh because you're going to only experience that again and again. And my parents did not fight clean. I did not watch, wake up, grow up watching clean fights you know and Tyler definitely helped me like stop doing a lot of the bullshit that I think yeah. was um shown to me by my parents but yeah that was like that was a learning curve for me because I'm like they were name callers I was happy mm-hmm. to do that I'm happy to like walk out of the be like whatever like I'm done with this conversation like just walk out of the house or leave the room or whatever and he's like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not doing any work. of that <laughs> that doesn't work for me and that doesn't work for you yeah. and, so, you know that petulant moment you're just like off like i get to do what i want i'm an adult woman (laughs) it's like you only hear your mother saying that or acting like that so many times before you feel like yeah that is an appropriate response and it's not and so he had to teach me the wise ways yeah but no i mean you already did it for the most part it's just like you know thanks yeah i didn't have to do too much (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah and i came from a family where i don't think i ever I don't know if I ever saw my parents fight, which I realized in retrospect how weird that was. Um, yeah. They, I mean, in a good way, they kept it away from us, which was nice. I mean, it was nice for us, but like... When you don't I, see it modeled. You don't see it modeled. Like, what do you do? How do you handle that? Yeah. Like, um, and so, so you, and that was my problem. Like, I didn't really have a model for like asking for what you need and what mm-hmm. you want in a relationship, mm-hmm. which is... Yeah, it took years to get this guy to say, like, say what you want. I cannot always guess. I'm good at guessing, but I can't always do it. Yeah. So I have definitely gotten more, more, uh, um, well, articulate is the word I'm searching for. (laughs) In my uh, moment uh, of (laughs) non-articulateness. My God, this conversation is making me realize how much shit needs to go right for, like, two people to, like, carry on together. It's totally, yeah, it's totally possible. But I think when you find the right person yeah. those things kind of like line up yeah we definitely went through a little learning curve in our fledgling relationship where, how, how long have you guys been together uh nine months oh yeah as we long as i've had this child inside of me moved in that's crazy yeah so it feels like it's gonna be around and like yeah. we're trying to do the things that make it last yeah like we had like a <laughs> tiny little hiccup and i was like therapy like yeah and she was like this is the best time to come yeah <laughs> totally yeah you're smart yeah she was like and he was amenable to it oh my god yeah he was like let's That's great let's get it going like, oh, wonderful yeah um so kira i want to talk about this yeah. uh documentary what is the sex education oh yeah so I am producing a documentary that my um, friend Ani is directing. Uh-huh. And she, basically, she was a special needs teacher um, for the last 10 years in public education, uh, uh-huh. in the public school system. And she uh, kind of qu- um, took quit or took a hiatus from teaching in order to make this documentary. And it's sort of like exploring how 
inept the sex education program is in public schools. Um, Across America, um, we started interviewing kids and teachers in California. Um, So we're making it into a feature documentary, but we've been taking meetings at networks to make it into a series. Ah. Um, So hopefully one of these networks will pick it up because... We'd ideally like to do it as a series because we want to do like California, West, you know, progressive states, uh, southern yeah. conservative states, and then we want to show, um, you know, the people that are tr- actually trying to change it and change mm-hmm. the systems. Um, and it's been fascinating. I mean, it's been it's been unreal. Like, what's the? I've well, seen some posts about it, and I'm like, ah, this is. I'm yeah. so curious. It's so necessary. I mean, we interviewed this girl who is now uh, a freshman at like a community college, uh-huh. and she lived in like Simi Valley or somewhere really fucking far. Um, and we came to her house and interviewed her, and she, you know, she still lives at home with her like 13 year old sister and her parents. And she did not have a day of sex ed in high school. Just didn't have it. Even though it is technically mandatory, they, you know, siphon it off into like a week-long course in the middle of a biology class or whatever. Or like, or it's a day or two. So if she was out sick that day or whatever it was that week, like she just missed that sex ed. And I, But she's like, I asked my friends and no, none of us remember any sex ed classes. So ah. some schools just don't do it. And that's because funding has been cut for the auditing of these schools. So nobody's going to check that these Ah. schools are doing sex ed because a lot of the parents are conservative Catholics or Mm -hmm. whatever, and they don't want their kids doing it anyway. And parents can still sign their kids out of these classes. So there's that whole issue. And it's like, how did you learn? How did you learn anything? How do you know Mm -hmm. anything about sex? And she's like, well, my friend and I took like a two and a half hour bus ride to Planned Parenthood one day. And that's how we found out about like condoms and like, our friends told us that's where we should go. It's like, oh, right. Planned Parenthood, the place that we're probably not going to have around I anymore. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. in, in the course of just doing these interviews, not yeah. to mention the women that I know in my life, but yeah. like so many women have cited that as their first Absolutely. birth control experience yep. or like the first place that they went. Like that's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. And it's Even like. Even me. Like, oh, me know? too. Me too. I mean, that place has saved me so many times. Like yeah. that's the first place I went for birth control. Like, if I had any, when I moved to L.A., I didn't have insurance, and I didn't have a doctor here, yeah. so, like, any, any, anything that was going on. You get a UTI. UTI, yeast infection. Is, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, I tried every Planned Parenthood in this fucking tri-state area. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know all the good ones. It's in Pasadena. That's a really nice one. <laughs> Hot tip. Hot tip for y'all out there. But, um, yeah, like unreal and so that's and if that's eliminated oh what all these teenagers girls are just gonna not have sex instead no No, of course and they're all still gonna get infections and need to go to somebody because she said i can't ask my parents because one time i tried to ask them about sex they said just don't do it just don't have sex because they had her when they were like 15 or something oh god so that answer is just like that's not good enough and they're not getting it at school they're not getting it home so where the hell are they getting it so it's been really interesting hearing kind of kids from all different socioeconomic backgrounds talk to us about how they learned about sex, what what they're being taught in school. Only half of the states demand that it's a medically accurate sexually sex ed program. What does that, that mean? Um, so that means that they don't have to they don't have to say um, this leads to an STD or this doesn't necessarily lead to an STD. They can say shit like abstinence only. That can be their sex ed program. I mean, that was mine. I mean, truly. Yeah. I grew up in, you know, conservative Midwest where it was like our sex ed class literally was just showing slides of different STDs and basically being like, if you have sex, this is what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. You're going to get pregnant tactics. and you're going to have STDs and that's it. Yeah. And like, and there's no emotional component. No, none of the kids we've interviewed, even from like 
pretty like liberal schools have had any of them talk about address um, non-heteronormative sex. Mm-hmm. And none of them have talked about a huge part of sex, which is the emotional aspect of it. Like, so it's like, all yeah. biophysical or, or pre- reproductive, which is not, I mean, we should be learning the gamut. So then we want to go, like, to abroad and say, like, all right, what are the Swedes doing to teach uh-huh. theirs? Do, you know, what are the French doing? Because the French are teaching female orgasms. And none of them are about female orgasms in um, American sex ed programs. That's the thing I don't understand about the conservative viewpoint with this is, like, their goal is to have to, to have teenagers not have as much sex so that way there's not unwanted pregnancies but like the way to do that is with birth control and talking about the emotional component talking about all those things so people can make an informed decision and like it's like you're taking away all the tools that these kids would need to do that for themselves yeah and empowering them to make their own choices which just seems so counterintuitive to me yeah it's so it's it's a hugely layered topic and there's there's so there's so much to dive into about it and there's so much that is so lacking in the programs um, so we're kind of trying to shed light on that and hopefully affect change, um, by shedding light on it and having, you know, honestly, a lot of them are like, a lot of the schools are like, well, it's awkward for the kids, for the science teacher, Who for the whatever. Who gives a shit? Exactly. But it's like, that's why they're not like, there needs to be an outside, every school should have allotted funds to have an outside contracted company mm-hmm. come in and teach them. Like, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there is no, like, I don't want to ask my science teacher, my mm-hmm. English teacher mm-hmm. these questions. Because it is sensitive. We get that. But, like, it's not being handled properly. Um, <clears throat> so I, It's amazing that you guys are doing that. I hope. Yeah. hope the meetings go well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. We have a big one on Monday. Um, knock on wood. So, whatever. Yeah. Who knows? But, you know, it's Hollywood. But either way, we're going to, you know, put out a feature documentary independently. Um, so yeah, I've been producing that for the last year and will continue to. Awesome. And so. you're going away to do more Islands Without yeah. Bars. Yeah, we're in our second season. Um, you can find us on the Create Network, we're PBS. Um, and yeah, we're kind of at the end of our second season now. So it's been, I mean, an ideal job. It's called Islands Without Cars. Uh-huh. We go to islands that prohibit modern transport. All it, It's gorgeous. It's like, gorgeous. Every place all is gorgeous. All the imagery is gorgeous. Yeah. And yeah. yeah it's you, of course. You're fun. No yeah. pollution. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's my ideal job. It's mostly the elderly that live on these islands. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I get to interview them. And they're all these, like, usually old sailors. Because a lot uh-huh. of them are, like, old fishing uh-huh. communities or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're dream communities. It is, they are my dream communities. Yeah. <laughs> this is my dream job. It's like we go there and we just like, why do we live the way we live? Yeah, but why? we continue to do it. I don't because we like the internet. Yeah, <laughs> they do all have the internet except for one island. Yeah. One island had no electricity or um, or internet, and we literally helicoptered out of there. So it was like <laughs> there's five islands uh, off of Italy called the or seven called the Aeolian Islands, and one of them was just like a volcanic like rock where people like were 40 there, people though? lived yeah oh. it's such a small community this like one you know like expatriates from like spain like lived at the top of this fucking hill that we climbed god knows how long to get to and ex-flamenco dancers they're just like we love ah. to be off the grid and uh by the end of that we were supposed to spend like i think two days there by the end of the first night our producer was like get me the fuck out of here <laughs> um, so we literally chartered a helicopter and got to the next island early it's like it's a little too rustic. <laughs> Amazing. But. Um, Tyler, you're working on 
the AMC's preacher. Yes. And uh, what's this? What's Glow? Have I missed ads on Glow? Glow is just starting to like be promoted. It comes out in June, so it, it's not out yet. But Glow is, stands for the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Oh my God! And I'm excited. It was an actual <laughs> wrestling federation in the '80s. It was like the female-only WWF of its time, and it's it was like a hybrid skit show and wrestling, like. It was a very, very bizarre show. And so this is kind of like, uh, imagine like League of Their Own, but about female wrestlers set in the 80s. I'm listening. And it is awesome. It's so fun. It's such a great show. Um, Allison Brie is a star and Mark Maron's in it. And there's nice. an incredible cast. I mean, there's a huge ensemble. Kind of like, it's from all the people that did Orange is the New Black. So it has a very similar kind of like makeup um and yeah it's so cool and it is it's so awesome how like this idea of a wrestling show allows you to explore like all of this these ideas of like reagan the reagan 80s and Uh you know kind of Uh like social issues and race issues and all of these things that kind of like get tied up in the way that we deal with things in the pop culture setting um it's yeah it's it's a cool show i hope people dig it i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be something cool uh, awesome. Yeah, so I did that in the fall, and now I'm back on Preacher, which also airs in June. But it's uh, that's uh, that's in its second season, and it's kind of just chugging along. Sweet, and you don't have to use those emergency funds. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the writer strike was a. a uh, yeah. Oh yeah, hey. nail biter. Yeah. Hoof. Yeah. But was, we weren't going to be able to go to Paris if, <laughs> if it strikes. So Paris was saved. Yeah. <laughs> The problems, people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and your jobs and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you guys are like, uh, you're at Flame Like Me and you're yeah. at Tyler Edits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You guys have to follow them. They're like Instagram goals couple. <laughs> I, there's this, uh, there's someone who shall remain unnamed who's like, that's a man who's like, that is what I want. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're cute little internet back and forth. He's like, that's, that's dr- the dream. What? Who is it? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm sworn to secrecy. Oh, I'm blushing. I love that they were like, that whoever that was was like, I'm going to give a great compliment, but like, do not tell anybody. No, I cannot be compliment. known for this. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously a comedian. <laughs> sworn to secrecy. Okay. Um, thank you for having me thank in, you your, for coming. in your place. Yeah, thanks and for coming. Yeah. Good luck with this delivery. I can't wait to thank see. Thank you. I will report back. please do absolutely glad it didn't happen during this uh, interview oh my god (laughs) water break yeah part of me kind of wanted it to be really dramatic (laughs) the first delivery (laughs) podcast delivery i would be honored really yeah i mean i tried but what can you do bye guys bye bye thank you so much kira and tyler for giving me a little glimpse into your family right before it was about to grow. Uh, I feel really honored. It was so cool to talk to you guys. As always, follow Reality Bites Pod on all the socials. It's Bites with a Y. It will always be with a Y. Send your digital heart stuff, your questions, and your quandaries to realitybitespod at gmail.com. We're doing a very special uh, Sex in the City style happy hour roundtables where we give you boozy advice on Fridays. So make sure to send us some juicy stuff for that. As always, rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
The show is produced in partnership with Jash, so big thanks to the Talk Show Labs team over there for all their production assistance. And we will be back with our next all-new episode on Friday, so you're not going to have to wait long. Bye, guys.